Hello, I'm Jason Ball, and this is Friends with Friends, the podcast where we dissect all 236 episodes of the TV show Friends, one at a time. We're up to episode number 30. Jackie and Vanessa are here, as always. Say hello. Hi, I'm Jackie Rodriguez. We love Friends. And I'm Vanessa Martinez, and I'm on the 30th episode of Friends. Yay! Yay. (laughs) We're more than 10% in. 30th episode, episode 6 of season 2, The One with the Baby on the Bus, premiered on November 2nd, 1995, to 30.2 million viewers. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. So, uh, Jackie, tell us what happened. Yeah, so Ross has an allergic reaction reaction um, to key lime pie, so he has to go to the hospital. Um, so Chandler and Joey watch Baby Ben. Phoebe gets dinked for a professional senior performance Central Perk, and Smelly Cat makes its debut. Guys, so cool! This is the iconic song. This is the first episode with it in here, and it's with a big rock star. <laughs> I think it's interesting that the first time we hear Smelly Cat. It's not actually Phoebe singing it. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, it's Chrissy Hine from the Pretenders. <laughs> yes, yes. And you know what's funny is that when I first watched this, I didn't know who she was at first. I was uh, like, I know this is a famous rock star. I can't put my finger on it until I googled, <laughs> and it it was like I think two or three years ago. I googled, and I was like, oh, the Pretenders. Yeah. You know, I'll Echo stand. The chain there. gang. Yeah. I didn't even know about you. Yeah, I didn't even know who she was. I just thought it was funny that uh, she was singing it so perfectly. And Phoebe goes, "No, too much, too much." <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was funny. Yeah, yeah. I I like the whole thing that's like, oh, they're hiring a professional musician and how they bring her in and all that. And Phoebe's the one that's telling her how to sing. It's just like, but this is Chrissy Hyde. This is the Pretenders. They're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Right. <laughs> Huge. And Phoebe's the one that's like, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, that's very hilarious. And it's funny that uh, Chrissy you know, kind of agreed to play for that. I'm sure she had a, a lark. It was fun for her to do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was trying to look up like why she agreed, but I, I couldn't figure it out. It must have been one of those things where, again, the writers and poof, she's here. You know, it's like the writers come or writers come up with an idea, and then since it's such a big hit, I mean, Friends was a big hit after the first season, so yeah. a lot of people are talking about this. Thirty million people are watching, so I'm sure she jumped at the opportunity. But I felt this was an interesting uh, Phoebe episode too. I thought because it, it you know, she's. She gets your feelings really hurt mm-hmm. when he, you know, when Rachel has to tell her that she can't perform there, and it's it's sad that she's out on the street asking for tips, and oh, mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. sad. But then you know, but then it comes around because it's like she's like, you know, dissecting the song, saying when she was playing Sue Sue Suicide, she made this much, and then when she made Smelly Cat, <laughs> and then it's like she's all, it just didn't feel good. So then it goes back to just Phoebe just doing it for the love of guitar playing and right. the love of singing. So it's very Phoebe-esque. You know, she's yes. like, I don't want to be paid. I don't want I don't want to, like, say what song is better than the other. You know, she's very equal opportunist. <laughs> yeah, this is not her career. This is just something she does because she likes it. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly, exactly. So yeah. I think I like how they brought it back, you know, at the end. So yeah. that was good. You gotta love Phoebe, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I still don't like her straight hair, though. I liked her curly hair from season one better. Yeah. Yeah, I think it stayed straight throughout the whole entire Yeah, I don't like series. it. <laughs> and then another thing with um, Phoebe. So when she's playing out in the street, 
this guy comes and the condom guy comes and says he left his condom in the guitar. And Vanessa, who is that guy? That's Giovanni Rubisi. Yes, and that ends up being her brother at the end or, you know, in a few episodes. So I thought that was interesting how you, it's such a quick moment. And then you, later in the season, you meet her half brother and it's like, wait, that guy. And it's a very interesting way to introduce a new character because they introduce him and they don't know each other. They don't know that they're related. And Uh and I thought it was an interesting way to do it. You know, I, I, uh, I have a Gia Bonnet funny Rubisi story. Okay, let's hear it. Very short. Uh, I used to work down the street at another TV station on Sunset Boulevard, and I was in the crosswalk crossing Sunset, and someone came out of nowhere, turned, and nearly ran me over, and it was Giovanni Rubisi. Oh, no. What kind of car was he driving? Uh, Like an old Volvo. And how long ago was this? Oh, this was... My goodness, it was... More than about 15 years ago, I guess. Post friends. Post friends. Yeah. yeah. I was watching this episode with my husband, and immediately when he saw him, he was like, hey, that's Giovanni Rubisi. And he <laughs> was just like, oh, he's such a good actor, and he's been yeah. in so many things. And yeah, yeah he was just naming so everything that he was on. Yeah, he's steadily acting now. And what I, um, so I wanted to know, it's like, okay, like, was he just an actor that was already on payroll that they brought him, you know, to be Frank's son, you know, Phoebe's half brother. And they actually said that um, one of the show writers was said that it wasn't intentional for them to, for him to be the condom guy picking, you know, out of the case that he was an actor that the executive producers has used before, has used before and they just liked him. They liked working with him. So then they brought him on to be Phoebe's half brother. So they cast him as the condom man. Mm-hmm. Okay? They didn't know they were gonna. He was gonna be Phoebe's brother. Yeah. So, so that oh. wasn't an intentional thing. So I thought that was interesting. Um, it's just because they just liked working with him, and he was an extra originally. So, like, they just see you. Real. Yes, and how you treat people, how you treat people when you're working with them. You know, like that's that's your but reputation. He had a, this wasn't his first. Th- he was not unknown then, right? Or was he? Oh, I'm not sure. I definitely know he's unknown afterwards. But, He's known afterwards for sure, but I yeah. thought he may have been, done something before too. Yeah, maybe I'm yeah. wrong. Yeah. I feel like from all of the people that we have seen on the show, the guest stars have seemed to have started out, you know, new, and then they turn big. Yeah, mm-hmm. like even George Clooney, like he was in several roles, but then his big role came right after Friends or when Friends, ER. yeah, ER, yeah, ER when Friends mm-hmm. was starting. Hmm. Hmm. Yes. I feel like he's one of the biggest ones, Giovanni Ribisi, because he's still steadily acting in these big blockbuster movies and show, shows and everything. But I always look at him like as Phoebe's half-brother. He's so awkward. <laughs> <laughs> he plays that very well, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At least he, you know, gave Phoebe some something for her, <laughs> for her singing on the street. <laughs> he well, he Apparently he needed it. <laughs> yeah. And then he runs off and yells to his girlfriend, I got it. Yeah, I got it. It's like you left the situation and like and it just ran. Right. He I realized, just, oh my goodness, where's my uh protection? Oh my god. Yeah. Like you could have just gone to the to like the convenience store. <laughs> yeah. Hey, times are tough. That's right. I know. That's <laughs> but I mean, what do you guys think of the whole Rachel having to fire Phoebe? If the, you were in that position, what would you guys do? 
That would be awful. Yeah, it is awful. I w- remember how I mentioned I got fired from banana re- from uh, a store, a retail store. Uh-huh. Well, it was actually my friend, my um, sister's husband's friend. So I did get fired by a personal friend. Your sister's husband's <laughs> friend. Yeah, okay. I've known him mutually. Yeah, because hanging out with her and her husband, um, and it's one of his friends I've known mutually for a while. So it was awkward. Being fired by a friend is awkward. <laughs> yes, that is awful. Well, firing anyone at all is awful, but when you have a you know personal connection with them, it's even harder for sure. Yeah, yeah <laughs> definitely. Yeah, I haven't you know experienced having to fire anyone, but I've been the lead on certain things. So. Whenever you have to even correct somebody or, or tell them something, yeah, you yeah. have to tread lightly. Well, like, yeah, to, you know, when Chandler became the boss and everybody hated him or made fun of him after that. Yeah, yeah. That relationship, yep. Yep. Definitely awkward. I love how she uh, offers to clean the cappuccino machine if she doesn't have to fire Phoebe. <laughs> like, you don't clean the cappuccino machine? <laughs> yeah. She's like, oh, I do. I'll clean it. I'll really clean the cappuccino machine. But it was so funny how um, Rachel asked, you know, why do we have to fire her? And he's so descriptive as to how his her singing affects him. Like it cringes down his throat and in yeah. the eye. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny too. Yeah. You always watch it too. It's like she is horrible at singing and at guitar. It's like why do they just let her play? But it's the whole gag. It's the whole gag of it, you know? It's, yeah. just, it's just funny. Yeah. And then Rachel, you know, goes up to her giving her the good news. Hey, you know, they'll they'll let you play here. And then Phoebe thinks she's going to get paid for it, but that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now that everyone else is getting paid, shouldn't she get paid? Yeah. Right? Another money conversation. That's awkward. <laughs> well, it's part of being in your 20s for sure. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> All right, lots more to talk about on this episode when we come back. Uh, the crossover, big stars uh, making small role, uh, small appearances in this episode. And of course, the baby scary moments with <laughs> Baby on a Bus. <laughs> we'll be right back. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, and we were back, uh, episode number 30, the one with the baby on the bus, and we learned something new about Ross. He's allergic to kiwi, apparently. Apparently, his sister didn't even know he was allergic allergic to kiwi. I thought yeah, it was I, funny that he heard her say it was key lime pie, but it was actually kiwi lime pie. I mean, and when you somebody's allergic to something, like, I know to, like, always just before you give them something. And that's happened here at work. Yes. My colleagues, you know, there was one mom's allergic to eggs. And oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> the nuts. nuts, and I have almost killed both of them Same. by yeah. offering them uh, food. I have actually, you know, uh, 
my first job I had to, I worked at a summer day camp and some kids that we worked with, they had allergies. So every time, you know, we would divide our groups, we would all get groups of like nine or 10 kids that we had to watch. And every time that we had a kid with an EpiPen, we would freak out because we were so nervous that the kid was going to eat something that they weren't supposed oh. to. But also the fact that we had to stab him in the thigh yeah. with the EpiPen, <laughs> like once they had this the Ziploc bag with the EpiPen, we were like, oh my gosh, oh. you're, you're going to stay right here next to me this whole time because <laughs> yeah, you don't want to have to stab him on the thigh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've never had to do that. Thank God. I don't think those existed in the nineties. I yeah. think those were, they came along later. So you like had to go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. The only thing about that episode, I don't think they, they didn't play it with enough urgency. Like you got to go, mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to go True. now. Mm-hmm. But it was funny. And then the way, you know, his fear of the needle. I still have that. I still have that to this day and it won't hold me back from going to the doctor. Like I go, I've even given blood, you know, I just can't look at it. I still like have to look away. And whenever we do flu shots here at work, like somebody else goes with me and then they like are in conversation with me, you know, to get my mind off it. I still have that to this day. So I get it, Ross. I I hate shots too. I mean, I'll do it. I'm I'm much better about it now than I used to be, but I, Mm -hmm. my worst thing is this was years. This is actually probably 1995. The first time I got an HIV test, this is back mm-hmm. in the day when it was a blood draw. So you had to you know, get there. And mm-hmm. I was stressed out about the whole thing anyway. Just the whole idea of having an HIV test. And was, uh-huh. the, the nurse, she was this big one. She was, baby, it's, I was like uh, nervous. She was, baby, it's going to be okay. And she patted me on the arm <laughs> and stuck the needle in. <laughs> I wish she was nice about it. I she was very it. sweet about it. She was yeah. very understanding that I was stressed yeah. out and didn't like the needle and all of it. So yeah. it was My- I was like, baby, it's going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> my experience I've had I would say two big ones so when I was younger you know you have to go for all of your shots and I believe my mom forgot to take me back to get an additional mm-hmm. shot I don't know what shot it was but I had to go back six months later point is I didn't go so I had to get all my shots again oh and no so oh, I no. was like okay fine so I just got them all like I remember one on each arm or something like that. And at that point I was fine. But I remember when I was much younger, um, they needed to give me a shot and it was going to be on my butt. And I I was just crying, 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 crying. And my mom was like holding me, carrying me. And then all of a sudden, like, I just feel them stab me with the needle. And I just yell out, you broke my butt. And I was just like (laughs) crying so hard. I was so, it was so traumatizing. Obviously I survived enough to have to get all my shots all over again and be totally fine with it. Um, So I've only had to have my blood taken out once. I needed an MRI and um, I went to the doctor and they're like, okay, we're just going to do this blood draw. And I was panicking. I was freaking out because I had never had that happen. I was probably Mm -hmm. like, a senior in high school when this happened, junior, mm-hmm. senior, and um, they couldn't find my vein. So the lady oh, was yeah, like feeling that. around with the needle mm-hmm. and I was like already, you know, like I said, freaking out about it. And my mom was like, you know what? No, we're just going to go somewhere else. T- take us to a sign, uh, give us a referral to the labs because they know what they're doing. And so mm-hmm. we went and I was just so nervous and I was shaking. And luckily this lady knew what she was doing and she stabbed my arm once and mm-hmm. got the blood and we were good to go. Wow. But I just had, I don't Trauma. know. Trauma. Yes. Uh, but I think when I was a kid, it was, you know, getting in your butt, just, that was humiliating. They had to pull your pants down and you know, do all that. And I didn't yeah. like that either. 
I don't yeah. remember getting shots in my butt. Maybe I, I think blocked that like, out. <laughs> I think it was like five or something like that. Yeah, when you're little, that. it's the only place that the muscles big yeah, enough. To, you know. yeah, yeah, and I remember when I went back to get all those shots again that I had to get. I was like freaking out because I was like, oh my god, I remember being five and just panicking. Mm-hmm. And then when she gave them to me, like several on each arm, I was totally fine. And I was like, all right, I'm good to go. You know, Aww. I got it handled. <laughs> yeah, I give I give blood to the American Red Cross like yearly. So I've had a few instances where they are looking for the vein, and it's horrible. So yeah. no, I have a nice big vein here on my left arm. It's all good. <laughs> so this episode uh, premiered on November 2nd, as we said earlier, and that's the middle of November sweeps. So NBC did a big uh, crossover stunt in this episode, okay. in this in this night too. So uh, Leah Thompson, who was the star of Caroline in the City, makes oh. an appearance in this episode. Oh, okay. That's what I wasn't sure because I wasn't. I knew she had a sitcom, but I wasn't sure the timing of it. So yeah. it was the same. It was the same thing. And they never named her in this no. episode. They she just goes up to after Joey and Chandler. They want to go pick up chicks. Yeah. So they they take little Ben with them out outside to pick up chips, <laughs> and she thinks they're gay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, that is so funny. I knew I knew Leah Thompson right away because I'm a huge Back to the Future fan, uh. and like me and my brother used to watch them all the time on VHS, you know. And so it's like part of also part of my childhood. So I knew it was like, hey, Leah Thompson, hey, she's Back to the Future on all three, you know, yeah. movies. So I knew who she was right away, but I didn't know. It was a big crossover. So that same night, uh, Chandler made an appearance, uh, or Matthew Perry made an appearance as Chandler on Caroline in the City. Oh, Oh. what was his role? Do we know? I don't know. Just a little Uh, bit. Probably the similar thing. And then Ross was on the show called The Single Guy, which I don't even really remember that. What is The Single Guy? Yeah, another NBC show that they're trying Uh to probably like launch. Right. Wow. See, they're big fans of these crossovers, NBC. Well, it's yeah. how you drag the audience through the night, through, through that you know, three-hour block of prime time. And they wow. don't really do that anymore, except for, oh, no, on NBC, but they do it on ABC with Grey's Anatomy, with How to Get Away with Murder, with um, with uh, Scandal, like all those shows, all the Shonda Rhimes shows, they cross over. But I don't think they do that with comedies much anymore on NBC. Yeah, so the single guy was on for two seasons, and it was with Jonathan Silverman. Okay. So oh, who was the doctor who delivered uh, uh, the baby? Delivered Ben. Oh. Oh. Isn't that, isn't that right? I don't know. Let me let me see. See, there's a whole lot of crossover happening in Friends that it's like, yeah, it's either who you know. Yeah, he played the doctor who delivered Ben. Oh. There you go. Well, everything happens for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Wow. So you do this and I'll do this kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, well, it's a small, you know, Hollywood's one of those towns you work with people you know because you, you know you can trust them and they're reliable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. funny when I was Googling the show right now, the first YouTube video that popped up was Ross's scene. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, or funny. David Tremor scene in uh, Single Guy. Ah. That's funny. And then the other part was the, uh, the, one of the two women that uh, Ross and Chandler are hitting on, on the bus is Catherine Bell, who was a big star on the CBS show Jag, which had just premiered the uh, September before. So mm. that show had just started. Oh, Jag, oh. yeah. I yeah, remember Jag. Jag. Yeah. 
I know her. She's on Good Witch now on Hallmark Channel. And, I love oh. and so that's how I know her because you see her in the Hallmark commercials. I watch Hallmark shoot around. So. <laughs> I think she's had a big TV career. Yeah, yeah. totally. She's still steadily acting. See, all uh-huh. these actors, they all start here and then they go off. But it's so interesting. Like, how do you lose a baby on a bus? I know. Oh my god! <laughs> that is like beyond. Like, I don't know. I could for I could see if you're leaving the house and mm-hmm. you accidentally leave the baby inside and you have everything loaded up and you have to run in to get the baby. But mm-hmm. a bus, it's a big no no. I know. Well, I mean, well, Ross was leery about letting them babysit anyway. And then Joey goes, I've got, you know, lots of nieces, eight Catholic sisters, you know, lots of, meaning lots of nieces and nephews. He's babysit. babysit. I, I like how he says eight Catholic sisters to imply that. Yes. <laughs> they have a lot of babies. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah. True. But like, I guess maybe because. They, they were thinking about the women. They were yes. paying attention. Yes. And they're not, they're not parents. So they're not always thinking about their kid, you know, like. Like parents do, I would imagine. So, yeah, and they're more concerned about the women. That's the whole reason why they brought them out. You know, brought Ben out. So but that's the true. Look of shock on their face was <laughs> worth it. It oh, was so worth it. It was hilarious. And it was also funny when they go and you know look for Ben at the bus office, and they have a whole room of babies <laughs> just there. <laughs> what? Like, where are these chairs? <laughs> well, New York City is big, so it's not surprising yeah. that a couple of kids get lost every day. Oh, my God. I wonder if they really have that, though. Yeah, somebody from New York City Metro Department needs to call us and let us know if this really happens. Right. <laughs> Does that really happen? But I love when they're chasing the bus and they turn the corner and then there are three buses. Three buses. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my god! Um, it and good. it's funny to see them like lugging all that stuff. I'm like, do they really need all that stuff? Like, no. they have like a walker or something, and I don't know what else. No, that's first parent syndrome. Like, that's um, true. You know, you've seen it with your sister, my sister, like friends. It's like when it's their first kid, they bring everything, you know, just in case. And I always say it's better to have it all than to not. And then when the second kid rolls around, it's just you know whatever you bring the minimum. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like that's a good point that you say that because my sister you know prepared a really nice nursery for her first kid the uh-huh. second one is in a room and now with her third one it's he, whatever <laughs> poor thing the third one didn't get anything special yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're gonna have to the room when they get older yeah because i'm a third kid so i'm gonna share the room with my sister he, he, she's like you'll survive you don't need a room <laughs> <laughs> just sleep with your brother in the crib <laughs> but then, okay how funny is it they just take they just keep Take it into the next level. You know, he's on the bus. Then the they can't. There are three buses. They're not sure which one it is. Then they go to the thing, and the guy's like, "I assume one of you are the parents." And like, "Oh no, we're both the dad." You know, they uh, bring back the gay joke, yeah. and then they go to the room where the babies are, and they're not sure which one he is. I know. <laughs> they toss a coin. Like, like, yeah. So so much they actually been paying attention to Ben. <laughs> they're not even sure. And then yeah. when they get back to the apartment, he. Ben goes to um, to Monica and he doesn't cry because he'd cried, you know, when she was around earlier. And they think, "Oh my god, we got the wrong baby!" And then he starts crying. Oh my gosh, that's horrible. But it's funny. One of my favorite lines was when um, Ross picks up the baby and he he sees the diaper and then he says, "Why does it say property of human services?" (laughs) 
I just thought it was funny. It's hilarious because it just, it, you know, they totally think they've gotten away with it at this point. Everything is fine. It's all good. Everything is resolved. But no. No. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Was, that was very clever. That's actually probably one of the best things of the whole episode. Yeah. Because, like, how does uh, how does Ross find out? From the diaper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, man, that was, that was, that was a good one. Oh, well, this episode to me was okay. It was, it was mm-hmm. good. I think yeah. I've seen other better episodes of Friends. Yeah. yeah. I, I like this episode because of Smiley Cat. <laughs> I like the Phoebe's arc, too. I think yeah. that was- that was my highlight. That was my favorite line. That was my favorite scene. Like this tutorial at the end, everything about Smelly Cat. And it totally just, who knew Smelly Cat would be such a thing for friends, you know, and this is where it all started. So I like that they used the pretenders front woman, you know, Chrissy Hyde for it. So, well, I who, thought it was interesting too that they, I mean, Rachel says that's her favorite song of, of so it's not, they, they pretend like it's been around. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. they, they, they don't. It's not like they introduced it as a new song in this episode. It's no, part of her repertoire that they already have already heard. We just haven't heard it yet. Yeah, mm-hmm. they just talk about it when she's talking about the money and stuff when she was mm-hmm. singing. They mention it and then it gets played. So, do you know who actually like wrote Smelly Cat? Was it something that Lisa it's, Kudrow came up with? So it was the writers that wrote it, but the composition of it was um, Kudrow and Chrissy Hind actually. Uh, accredited as the composers. <laughs> no way. Oh, wow. Yeah. Is that true? That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's not that of course, you know? Maybe <laughs> that tutorial. Maybe I wonder if that tutorial thing at the end was like them actually, you know, they took it from composing the song, like, yeah. you know, in real life, yeah. their little, you know, scene that they had in real life and they just brought it onto the show. So, but that's that was- hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew it would be such a thing? All right. Any final thoughts on this one? No final thoughts. I just feel like I need to hear more Smelly Cat. Okay. <laughs> you will. I promise you will. <laughs> All right. Coming up on the next episode of Friends with Friends, Ross finds out about Rachel. Yes. This is going to be a big one. Lots yeah. to talk about there. Finally, it moves along. Ross and Rachel's storyline is moving along. <laughs> this makes me excited only because of the title. Yes. <laughs> I just don't know if she he uh, she deserves him. Well, we'll find out. <laughs> Remember to follow us on Instagram at Friends with Friends Podcast. And to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Give us five stars and nice comments.